0: Over most of March and uh, into April, we've been looking at Matthew chapter 6, and we've been uh, looking at the theme of pursuing our Father's heart, and uh, we're going to continue that today even though that was, you know, in preparation of Easter, and now Easter's done and we're past. but a big part of that uh, was about spiritual disciplines, and we said the whole, really it all came off of the verses Matthew 5, uh, verse 48, and then 6-1 which says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, for if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. We're going to continue this today, and this will be the last one kind of of this series. And we're actually not going to be in Matthew 6, if that's okay. We're going to look at a few other places. Uh, but the reason for that is because as we've looked at this, the whole idea is as we are pursuing the Father's heart, there are certain spiritual disciplines that we can practice that help us do that. And so as, uh, we're walking through this and talking through this as a staff, and uh, we, we kind of felt like that one that it just was laying heavy on our heart was the idea of Sabbath and rest. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is Sabbath and rest. And we're going to do it a little bit different. I, I enjoy preaching. I enjoy studying and preparing sermons, but doing them week after week after week can get tiring. And it's like, okay, I got to do another one. I got to come up with another one and I got to have another good story or we've got, I've got to read and find another good example and it can get tiring. And last week I was saying to Jack last week, I said, man, I'd like to just take a rest. We're supposed to do a sermon on Sabbath and rest. And I, and I'd like to take one. Um, he said, just bring a sleeping bag up and put it down and lay down for 30 minutes, which, which by by the way, if you come to church and fall asleep, I'm okay. That doesn't offend me um, at all. I figured that, you know, this is the best, most peaceful place you can be. So why not take a nap, you know? And I'm okay with that. It doesn't offend me. If that's what you need, go right ahead. Okay? Hugh, go right ahead. All right. Um, so I thought, hey, Chris is leaving soon. He needs a chance to preach one more time, right? but I thought, man, he's got so much going on, I don't want to put it on him. And, and I even brought it up to him, because we, we can talk about these things and, and be honest about them. And, and, uh, and I said, you got a lot going. He goes, I'd love to preach one more time, but I got a lot going. And I don't want to say yes to this and then get to Friday night, Saturday, and be like, why did I say yes to this? Um, so we're going to do this together today. And we're going to stay right here. Uh, I get excited, so I might stand up. Um, But we're going to do this right here. And uh, just like as we did with the rest of the series, we want to talk about your feel versus real. Um, How do you feel like you're doing when it comes to Sabbath and rest? But today we hope you ask the Holy Spirit, how am I really doing when it comes to Sabbath and rest? Uh, Because it's something that God has given us. And, uh, and we just really feel that burden to talk about it today. So I'm going to pray for us and then Chris is going to jump in in our first, first uh, area of this and uh, really hope you'll ask the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the things that you give us in your word. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's alive, that lives inside of us, that reveals truth to us. So my prayer this morning is that as we look at this subject of Sabbath and rest, that your word will speak to us and your Holy Spirit will reveal truth out of your word, that we will be able to see where we're really at when it comes to this. And Lord, if there's adjustments that need to be made, that you would reveal them to us and that we would step out in faith and follow those adjustments that you give. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: If I was to ask 100 people, what is Sabbath to you? I would probably get about 500 different answers. Um, Because when we talk about Sabbath, a lot of us, our thoughts automatically go to things you do or you don't do according to whatever list of rules might exist in your upbringing. And so as we talk about this aspect of pursuing the Father's heart, I think it's important that we go all the way back to the very beginning. When Sabbath first appears. And so I'm going to invite you to join me in Genesis chapter 2. And again, we're going to be moving a couple, couple three main passages. And so you can join us along the way there. Uh, but I want to start at the very beginning of, as we talk about Sabbath, if we don't have a foundational understanding of where this comes from and why it's important, then we're not going to understand how it's a part of our life and a joy in our life. And so uh, the reality is that Sabbath starts at the very beginning of recorded history with God with God himself. And in Genesis chapter 2, after the the creation account in Genesis 1, we read these words written uh, starting in verse 2, by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Do you get the point here that on the seventh day God did what? What? He rested. Now, I want to stop right here. This doesn't mean that God took a nap. Not that there's anything wrong with taking a nap. I love taking naps. They're great. God didn't take a nap because God doesn't need to take a nap. Okay? So we need to understand that when it talks about God rested, what is happening here is that God actually ceased from his creative work. God rested not because he needed to, but because he wanted to. Because as he created, after each aspect of the creation, the, the darkness from the light and the water from the land and on and on and on, how did he see each thing he created? What did he declare about it? That it was good. That it was good. And so God had created all this good stuff and so he desired to rest. He did it not simply to do nothing because again, Jesus reminds us in John 5 that God is always at work. But I believe God rested. He ceased because he wanted to enjoy the good he had created. He wanted to enjoy the good he created. Think about something that you've created, whether it's you've created this beautiful garden in your home, you've prepared this amazing meal, uh, maybe you paint or music or, or whatever it is, and, and you create something. You don't just then toss it in the trash or throw it off the counter and move on to the next thing. What do you want to do? You want to stop and enjoy it. This is what God is doing here He's enjoying what He has created. And so as, as we talk about Sabbath and we begin to understand uh, what it is and, and, and how God began to set that, that thing, one of the things I want to make sure we stop and understand in, in this concept of Sabbath is a lot of times we look at Sabbath as the antithesis to work. Work is bad, Sabbath is good. My friends, work is not bad. We were created to work. That is part of who we are. Mm-hmm. God didn't rest because he was tired of working He didn't rest because he got all the hard stuff out of the way because he knew work wasn't bad. It's a necessary, in fact, it can even be a good thing as as we look at it from a perspective of discipleship. But the point is is that God rested. God ceased from his creative work because that's not all there is to life. So the thing that I think that then has to come to our mind uh, as we consider this is if Sabbath is good for the Lord, is also good for us. If Sabbath is good for the Lord, then it has to be good for us because if we are serious about pursuing the Father's heart, then that means doing the things that God does, doing the things that God wants us to do. And so as, as we move through God, God sets this foundation of Sabbath. He models it and then he establishes it as a valuable part of human existence. And so we want to flip over now to Exodus 20. And we know this is the passage uh, where God first gives the Ten Commandments to Moses. We know in the intervening time, of course, Noah the flood and Abraham and the Israelites have been captured and they're in Egypt and they're in slavery. And finally, God delivers and, and they're out now. And God is helping them to establish rhythms of life that they had never had before. And so as he begins to do that with the Israelites, he establishes for them the value of Sabbath. So important this is that it is one of the Ten Commandments, one of these basic non-negotiable living aspects of life. So in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, we read this. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. In this passage here, in the giving of this commandment, we see God connecting what is good for us with himself which is a constant theme throughout Scripture. And so as we consider the Sabbath, again, this is where we need to step back from the list of rules maybe we've grown up with or we've developed in different things. The Sabbath is not a time. This isn't an instruction to stop caring, to stop relating, to stop living, but it is an instruction, an encouragement, even a command, yes, to stop the normal activity of other days, to do something different, to remember Likely, the Israelites had never experienced this break from work in their time in slavery. So this was a new concept to them. And in this moment, in in the goodness of who he is, God is inviting the Israelites into something more. Into something more. I'm reminded of the psalmist as he writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is inviting the Israelites to make space in their regular rhythm of life, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So God established the importance of Sabbath. And I believe he did it for a number of reasons. First of all, it's a reminder that life doesn't depend upon our labor. How many of us at some point in our life can say my identity is wrapped up in my work? Hi, I'm Chris, I'm a pastor. Hi, I'm so-and-so and I do this. We, we identify with our work, but our, our reminder, Sabbath reminds us that life doesn't depend on our labor. Sabbath reminds us that we cannot sustain a constant pace of activity and live well. And you do attention to that even in your opening commons, that constant pace of sermon prep. You need a break from that. As enjoyable as it is, as much as you enjoy it, that those breaks have to happen for the longer term benefits to, to come with that. God establishes the importance, in, in the Sabbath, we remember it's about recognizing and resting in and enjoying the Lord. Enjoying the Lord. Sabbath is a sign that our hope and that our identity is not in ourselves, it's not in our work. Um, in fact, Sabbath is, is a distinctive part of Old Testament Israelite culture. Up to that time, nothing like that had ever existed in any of the cultures of the world, as far as they can tell. And so here it is, God is setting this intentional time to remember and to demonstrate how important God is. Not only to, so that the Israelites themselves remember that, but so that the nations around them can see these people are different because they're God is different. And then finally, Sabbath was also one of the signs, and we read this later in Exodus. Uh, it's one of the signs of the covenant between God and his people established at Mount Sinai. As, in, as important as this foundation is, we fight Sabbath, don't we? We fight Sabbath. and In this, I'm reminded of, of the Lord's words through Isaiah in, in chapter 30, 15. He says to the Israelites, in repentance and rest is your salvation, but you wouldn't have none of it. we read that and we think, those silly Israelites, my friends, we're the same way. We are the same way. We fight the rest God offers us. And so as we, as we look at this this morning, I think one of the things that jumps out to me is, is understanding the value of Sabbath is a journey. It's been a journey for me. I Mm -hmm. haven't often done it well. Um, and,
0: uh, which is actually one of the reasons why I said, Hey, Chris, why don't you do a sermon on Sabbath? Irony is
1: not lost in anyone here, I'm sure. Um, but I'm I finding, again, as I, as I get older and a little, hopefully a little bit more wiser, that that rest is important. The work doesn't depend on me. And sometimes we fight it because we think I'm not, I, I can't get everything done or, or who's going to get it done. Or if I'm not there, then they'll forget about me or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. But again, all those things are, are man-focused or me-focused dynamics as opposed to that focus on who is the Lord yeah. and who is he to us.
0: Yeah, and so when I think about that, one one going back a little bit to the whole idea of creation and where we see that God did creation and after each day he says this is good. When he created man, he said this is very good. And then when he created Sabbath, he says this is set apart, this is holy. And I think that those are things that we remember. We, we do our work. We do the things that we have to do. We create whatever it might be, and that's good. We are with other people, and that's very good. But then to take time and be with God, that is holy, and that is set apart. And so it's important that we set that apart and make that holy. Holy. Uh, with that distinction. Um, for me, learning about Sabbath, I, I would say, you know, growing up, I went to church. I went to church. I went to church. That's what I did. But understanding Sabbath was something that came later, and it really was probably in my first ministry, uh, full time ministry situation. I was at a church, I was a youth pastor. For the first year there, I, I had a day off and uh, I got to experience that day off. And somewhere in there, the pastor decided that <clears throat> I was just, uh, uh, that every day off was for me was, was my day off. Every week, every day was day off. I didn't need a day off. I was having too much fun with the youth. And, uh, and so it, it kind of cracked down a little bit. I had to be at be in the office at nine o'clock. I couldn't leave until five o'clock. If I went for lunch, even if it was with a student or a parent, I had exactly an hour to leave and be back. And then all my youth stuff was done afterwards in the evenings, which was hard on Jessica because she had three little boys that she was raising. And then Isabel came uh, and that I started to get worn out and get tired. Uh, and, and so, cause I was just going nonstop and there was no day off. Yeah. And somewhere in there, thankfully, uh, the district superintendent kind of got wind of that and said, um, no, you need to give Rock a day off. He, need, he needs a day off. And the pastor I was with, he didn't take, he was 24-7 all the time. And, um, and so I recognized at that point what Sabbath meant. And because I was not practicing it well, it was affecting my ministry. And so even, even with Chris and talking about, you know, when you've got a knife, a good knife is sharp, yeah. right? A good knife is sharp. As you use that knife, what happens with that knife? It gets dull. And so if you don't go sharpen that knife from time to time, uh, it's going to become less effective in the task that it's it's supposed to do. And it's the same with us as people, you know. If Chris doesn't take time from time to time to sharpen himself, then over time he gets more. If I don't take that time, I'm going to get dull. And so I need that rest to resharpen and be able to be effective in what I'm supposed to be doing. The, the truth is God rested. And, uh, and, and, and as Chris said, did, did God need to rest? He created the Sabbath. Uh, I, I think it's, it's interesting. If you look at a couple other scriptures, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.13. Um, my eyes have gotten worse since the first service. <laughs> No, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I I, That just, we work, we find that satisfaction in it, but then we recognize that taking time to find that satisfaction in our work is a gift from God. And that's what our rest is. Uh, In Nehemiah uh, chapter 8, It says, Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Holy, set apart. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where we get that from. We take that joy to remind us that we should have joy and we take time, we get that joy from the Lord. And it's important to stop and do that. If we don't stop and do that, we just kind of keep going, doing our thing. And sometimes we're really good at just doing our thing. Uh, One of the books that that I was looking at in in this was a book called 24-6. We're used to 24-7. This is called 24-6 by Dr. Matthew Sleeth. And that is a, he is a medical doctor. So a couple quotes from there. He says, we need rest from being hurt, rest from our heavy labors, and rest from our fast-paced world. We need rest from the speed of change, rest from our jobs, and rest from information overload. So, even in <laughs> stopping, we have to be intentional about the things that we choose to rest from. Because rest isn't just stopping what we're doing, it's finding those things that fill us back up. Mm-hmm. A little bit later, uh, he says, explaining to workaholics why they need rest is similar to explaining to alcoholics why they need sobriety or explaining to smokers why they need to quit smoking. All are simply necessities of good health. And so it's recognized that health is good health. When we rest, our blood pressure falls and levels of stress hormones such as cortisol decline. If we are to treat our bodies as temples, we must allow time for physical, mental, and spiritual recovery from the labors of the week. And so we don't just stop the work that we're doing. We also have to find those things that fill us back up, replenish us, um, allow us to be recreated. What recreates you? What recreates you? Uh, I know for me disc golf loves me to be people I enjoy hiking that that fills me back up that recreates me if you find me alone in the woods walking uh, you probably wonder what's going on cuz I'm probably <laughs> talking out loud because it's where I love to pray as as I hike I love to pray
1: so we'll see you be- or hear you before Yeah you we probably see you. will
0: you probably will and you might really get disturbed if I'm singing so um I enjoy dinner with friends dinner with friends that that recreates that that enjoy walks with Jessica, just being able to walk and talk. Um, those are the things that fill me. Uh, I, disc golf on Friday, it had been a full week last week, full week. And I was just like, I need to go play some disc golf. And I went and didn't tell anyone I was going to play. And I got a whole round in all by myself, where I walked and I talked and I had music and I sang. And it, and it was just, it was refreshing, you know, going into this weekend, which has also been full, you know, so... Um, Chris does enjoy getting away. I do enjoy getting away. And he has been better at doing it in the last little bit. Yes, for sure. And one of my favorite was he went up to Nashville uh, during the pandemic. And there was no one in Nashville. It It was was empty. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) And he took his camera and took pictures. and uh, Walked around. Yeah. So what are other ways you... So
1: yeah, just uh, photography and exploring. And sometimes when we go out and if I'm not by myself, Beck gets irritated at me because I take too long taking pictures of things. Um, uh, But so yeah, that, but uh, same thing, you know, dinner with friends. uh, We actually had the opportunity to do that this past Friday evening and went out with some friends and it was just a lot of fun and uh, laughed and cared for one another. And it was just, it was, it was refreshing, especially as we're in some pretty intense transition time right now. And so that's, it was huge. Um, It was interesting too, um, just again, that, that moment of just being still. It's hard to do sometimes it because is. life comes at us in so many different ways. And so it is that intentionality of just taking time to be still
0: and remember the Lord. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, we have this about Sabbath, and we see that God told us to rest and enjoy those times, but then we see that carried over into the New Testament. And, uh, and so Chris is going to share a little bit about uh, what we see Jesus saying yeah. about Sabbath.
1: So hopefully by now you've kind of gotten the picture that the Sabbath isn't about doing and not doing it is about the heart of, of enjoying and delighting in God. Um, and so God, and God for us, has created this, this rhythm of life, of rest, of refreshment, of replenishment, of remembering his goodness. Uh, but by the time of the New Testament, as great as this concept of Sabbath is, uh, Sabbath has become more about following the rules than living God-centered lives uh, that delighted in him. And we see this uh, in Mark chapter two, and if you wanna join me there, you can. Uh, Jesus had and his disciples encounter the Pharisees. And then starting in verse twenty-three it says, One Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples were walked along, they began to pick some of the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar the high priest he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In this passage, uh, we need to understand a couple things. First of all, what the disciples were doing wasn't inherently wrong. According to the provisions God had laid out for a healthy Sabbath in Deuteronomy 23. But by that time, the Jewish traditions had expounded so much to provide clarity that that was now forbidden. Something else to understand here too is that the example that Jesus is giving isn't to draw condemnation on David. He's actually pointing out that what David did was okay in that moment because there was a need. And so Jesus is drawing the parallel between what the disciples were doing and what David and his men did, and this was recorded in 1 Samuel 21, and to draw the point that in both cases, godly men were doing something considered unlawful according to the rules or forbidden, but which was missing the point of what the Sabbath is really about mm. it is always and if you read on into chapter 3 of Mark uh, as Jesus continues his, his conversation about this concept he makes the point that it is always lawful to do good on the Sabbath And so the Sabbath in this case had become again was no longer seen as a gift but as a duty as a responsibility as an obligation And I don't know about you, but I have found that when I operate for a long time out of duty or obligation, it rarely leads to peace and hope in my life and in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I also have to add this. By the way, if the Pharisees were so upset about what the disciples were doing, you have to ask the question, why were they in the field at that moment? Because they were probably violating the Sabbath too by walking that far. But that's beside the point. A conversation for another day. Sabbath is a gift. Sabbath is a gift for us. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation. It's not a responsibility. And that's why I believe this statement that Jesus makes in these verses is one of, the, one of the most important statements in relation to this conversation about Sabbath. And when he says this, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath is for the benefit of us. We are not meant to serve the concept of Sabbath. Sabbath helps us live. The requirements of the Sabbath had become such a weight on people that the original foundation again of Sabbath, if you haven't got it yet, I'm going to say it again, a day of spiritual, mental, and physical benefit for us had been lost. Sabbath was not seen as a day of delight, of joy, of rest, of renewal, of feast, of creativity, of remembering the goodness and the presence of God. So as we consider that in light of the application, the Old Testament foundation of Sabbath, what do we draw from this this morning? First of all, I hope we draw out that Sabbath is for relationship. Not only between Mm -hmm. one another, but between us and our Lord as well. Of enjoying the Lord and his creation, his goodness. It is still important. I love to eat a good meal. I sometimes like to eat that meal by myself and just think. But I can tell you that the best meals I've ever had are those that are shared with other people. It doesn't matter what the food is being served. It wasn't because it was a five-star course meal or a, a sandwich from McDonald's. If it's shared with someone else, what?
0: If, okay, go ahead. Well, you know,
1: I'm just taking the point. That it's, the relation, no, it's the relationship that matters. Sabbath is for relationship, enjoying the Lord's creation. It's for our benefit, not just so we can be idle and waste time. It's not to make the Lord happy with us either. He's happy with us already. It is, though, for our benefit. We remember that God blessed the Sabbath that seventh day and made it holy and I loved how you pointed out earlier God created it was good. Mm-hmm. God created humans and it was very good. God blessed that day and made it holy God calls us to be holy as he is holy So we should be doing the holy things that he says that are holy Sabbath indeed is an aspect of obedience uh, there is an aspect of obedience in Sabbath. We have to choose to do Sabbath. It's hard sometimes to mm-hmm. choose to do Sabbath because there's so much coming at us. And, and, you, and if you're an active family season, so many people have different schedules and trying to get all that to the point is hard. But it's important. It's a choice. It's a discipline. And even in, the writer of Hebrews reminds the, the Israelites of that and that inviting them into God's rest still matters. Of course, sometimes as we talk about Sabbath, invariably somebody asks the question, well, what about the whole Saturday versus Sunday thing? That's a fair question. We see in the New Testament that the early church changed from the last day of the week, the traditional Sabbath Jewish day, to the first day of the week for their day to continually commemorate the resurrection of Jesus, the one who is Lord of the Sabbath. They're reminding themselves that we rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross. As we think about these different things, I think another important point to remember is the fact that Jesus didn't consider the Sabbath as unimportant.
0: No, He, he did it very much. He did, he did. And we, we, so we look at the example that we have of Jesus. And just going back to even the Saturday-Sunday thing, how about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah. Some people work yeah. on Sunday. And and so it's difficult for Sunday to be their Sabbath. And so I think it's more important that if if, if we are understanding that this is to bring joy and to replenish us, then it's going to look different for every person, and it's going to be different on different days. And so we find that. Sometimes my week lends to the fact that when it gets to Saturday, I still have things going on on Saturday, so that's where Monday is my Sabbath. Yeah. But sometimes I already have things lined up on Monday, and so then Saturday has, becomes my Sabbath, and so it switches around. Uh, Jesus, Jesus participated in Sabbath. We see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus went into the temple, and it says, as was his custom. This is what Jesus did. Jesus did this because he knew this was important. Important for us to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage each other, to spur each other on, but also to seek God together. Not with a bunch of rules, not with dress this way, act this way, sing this way, do it this way, but to just come together in his freedom using the gifts that he's given each of us to care for and and carry each other. Uh, In in Mark chapter four, last week we had our visitor here, Thomas, and Thomas gave us a a personal uh, rendition of this story, and uh, Jesus had been teaching, and he says, hey, let's get in this boat, go to the other side, and get away from the crowd. Jesus was intentionally getting away. And, of course, the storm comes up, and the disciples are like, where's Jesus? And they're like, what's he doing? He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's resting. He says, let's get away from the crowd. I'm going to get in this boat. He goes and takes a nap. They wake him up. What are you guys doing? Okay, be still. Be quiet. And so now they're marveling about this miracle. Where's Jesus? I think he's back down in bed sleeping again. Because I... Let's get away. Let's get on this boat. I'm going to take a nap. I think that's what Jesus, Jesus was resting.
1: Um, well, in, I, think, let me, I think, too, also that stands out is that Jesus led his disciples to get away.
0: Yes. He that's was true. leading he, them in He Sabbath. was teaching that. Uh, another one, uh, Matthew chapter 14, uh, Jesus has just gotten news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And he says, hey, guys, he grabs his disciples. And it says, Scripture says that he went to go to a solitary place. Yeah. Get away to process what was going on. What had just happened? The crowds found, find out what's going on. They come to Jesus, and that's where we have the feeding of the 5,000, okay? And so he had gone to get away. He says, after the feeding, they once again, uh, he sends the disciples on a boat and heads out. And Jesus goes up onto the mountainside to pray. He'd just finished doing some ministry. He'd just been active. And now Jesus is specifically taking time to get away. Now, he then joins the disciples, and this is where he walks on water, and Peter says, if it's you, let me come out, and we have that whole story. But Jesus got away. Jesus is intentional about taking time to get away and recover. How are we? When we have spent time in our work, are we intentional about taking time to get away and recover? Not only that, Jesus is intentional about taking time to get away and prepare even for work. And to me, that's that idea of recreation and of filling ourselves. I can take a break and rest. Okay, I'm recovered. Okay, I feel better. But now, what have I done to replenish myself to prepare for what's next? Last week was was Easter. We celebrated Easter, and that being Holy Week. And then last year, we looked at, uh, each Sunday. We took and looked at each day of the week. And Wednesday is known as Silent Wednesday. And I think it is because Jesus was taking time to rest and prepare for what was going to happen over those next couple days. So we have that example of Jesus taking these times. How do we follow the example of Jesus? And so as we're wrapping up this morning, I'm going to ask you this. What's your feel versus real? How do you feel you're doing when it comes to Sabbath and when it comes to rest? But how are you really doing? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today?
1: And I think a huge part of that comes in understanding Sabbath is valuable and not as inconvenient. And I think for me, a lot of times it has been an inconvenience. Yeah. Either because of my own perception of things or because of pressures that that I've taken on from others or obligations. Yet I've always found that when I take that time of Sabbath, all the stuff that I think isn't going to get done actually ends up
0: getting done. God knows what we need. God knows what we need. And and I'm only going to serve you guys best if I am making sure I'm taking care of myself and if my staff are taking care of themselves. How do you honor the Sabbath? How do you honor the Sabbath? How do you intentionally rest? Do you recognize that Sabbath and rest are gifts? To us, that we get to Sabbath, that we get to rest. Um, as a staff, we want to honor you guys when it comes to Sabbath. Uh, we know that we can't do this Sunday morning without help in the booth, in nursery, and Kingdom Kids, uh, in music. We, we know that. And then we have our Sunday evening uh, youth, and they, we have some people that are involved in that. We hope that those times are not draining for you if you participate, but those are life-giving. Uh, But we want to be very careful as a staff that we don't load Sundays up with too much activity that would be considered work for you. And so we want to be very careful to not have a lot of meetings on Sunday because we want to honor you guys and your Sabbath day. This is your Sabbath day. This should be a time of freedom and recreation for you. And so we want to limit the amount of meetings that we do on Sundays for that purpose. In the same vein, we would like, we as staff, we take Mondays off. And we would like to uh, ask that you would honor our Sabbath. Now, that doesn't mean if something emergency comes up that we're not available. We want to be available. Believe me, there's been Monday mornings where first thing, I've had to be available. And, And that's an honor and privilege. But if there's something that can wait till Tuesday, let's let it wait till Tuesday. Or maybe your discipling community can be what you need for that day if it's a Monday but we wanna honor your Sabbath. We wanna honor. We, we want to ask you guys to honor our, honor our Sabbath. And uh, this is just something that I think in our high-paced world, where we are constantly bombarded and we are constantly running, and sometimes it feels like our schedule dictates us over everything else, that I hope that we'll stop and remember that God has given us this. We get to Sabbath and we get to rest. And it's not about being lazy it's not about being lazy. Sometimes we think laziness, oh, I shouldn't stop because yeah. I'm just being lazy. Or perceived as lazy. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and it, it, rest is important. Rest yeah. is important. And I just, I want to
1: reemphasize too, is as we've talked about Sabbath, and again, that, that, that focus on Sunday in here, we recognize that schedules are different. Yep. And so our, our purpose isn't to make sure that you're Sabbathing on Sunday, but we hope to encourage that, that that's a part of your daily week, wherever that fits, that there's 24 hours. Where you can cease from your normal activities and Sabbath and rest.
0: It, sometimes I'll look at what our, our uh, views are on our services. You know, Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. If I go look on on Friday, they've they've it's gone up yeah. throughout the week. I mean, someone has taken time and used this video, this recording of our service as their Sabbath sometime during the week. You know, and and that's good. That's that's why we have them up. I'm going to pray for us, and uh, we're not going to do a closing song. Um, We're going to pray, and then we're going to go out. And and my hope and prayer is that today you've been able to even Sabbath. And I have looked around. Some of you did rest. Um, (laughs) Father, we love you. And we thank you for the example you give us. And so uh, you rested. You created the Sabbath. You created it for us. And so I pray that we will Sabbath well that we will rest well that we will honor you I encourage you right now just take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and reveal to you where you're really at when it comes to Sabbath and rest and maybe what he's calling you to do or to be
1: Father, Jesus' people today, we thank you that you are a good God. That you care so deeply for us that you know what is best for us. And that you've given us the means and the tools and the understanding to live in ways that are healthy and righteous and holy. So Lord, in this moment, I simply ask that whatever you are saying to each of us in this aspect of Sabbath, that we would listen to that still small voice that we would choose to as necessary be obedient and that lord our, our perspective our understanding would not only embrace the gift of sabbath of rest in our daily daily rhythms of life but that it would also be a testimony of our dependence and sufficiency on you. Lord, in these moments, I pray you bless my friends. Give us each rest today. Give us us a fresh perspective of who you are. Remind us of your goodness and your glory among us. And Lord, may we reflect with, with enthusiasm and with energy and with life the resurrected Lord in the week to come. We ask it together in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.